said this before pacifier is an absolutely awesome band and i cannot thank those guys enough for allowing us to use their music to open each and every episode of the locked on new york rangers podcast you should definitely go and check them out wherever you get your music but we got to get right into it here we do not have even another 20 or 30 seconds to let the intro music play out because ranger fans can barely contain themselves right now and understandably so this is episode number 176 of the locked on new york rangers podcast I am your host, John Chick, and Alexi Lafreniere is about to become a New York Ranger. I'll give you guys a minute to let that statement sink in. And let's continue. So it really has been a crazy week or so for Ranger fans, you know, getting swept out of the qualifying round by the Carolina Hurricanes. Certainly a bitter pill to swallow for Ranger fans everywhere, for the Rangers themselves, especially when you consider how hot the Rangers were at the close of the regular season and just how much they've dominated the Hurricanes over the last three years. And of course, this year, going 4-0 against them in the regular season, it certainly seemed like a winnable series. I thought the Rangers would win this series. I think a lot of people, a lot of analysts kind of had their eye and the Rangers as a little bit of a sleeper team in this playoff tournament, but you do have to tip your cap a little bit. The Canes played a great series, and it just wasn't meant to be for the Blue Shirts this year. However, this is one hell of a consolation prize because Alexi Lafreniere, an 18-year-old left winger considered by many to be a generational talent, he will be selected first overall by the New York Rangers after the Rangers won the second portion of the draft lottery last night. They had a 1-8 chance going in, and it just came up Rangers. That ping-pong ball just kind of ascended to the heavens there, and we were blessed with the knowledge of the Rangers having the first overall pick. Now, I mean, I suppose... You can't say that it's a 100% certainty that Lafreniere will be the first overall pick by the Rangers. Uh, you never know. There could be some team out there that would at least attempt to put together some kind of a mind-blowing trade offer in exchange for the first overall pick. But come on, let's not kid ourselves. That's just not going to happen. The Rangers are going to keep this pick, and they are going to use it to select Alexi Lafreniere. If you're the Rangers, how could you not? I mean, they're still in something of a rebuild mode. I know they really caught fire in the second half of the season. They've obviously got some exciting young talent, guys like Igor Shosturkin and Adam Fox and Capo Caco. They've got established superstars like Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad, but they are still rebuilding, and we kind of got a reminder of that in the qualifying round against the Hurricanes with the Canes. I mean, I don't want to say they dominated, but you know, they clearly had the better of play throughout the first three games. I thought the Rangers got a little bit better as the series went on. Really thought the Rangers uh, had a chance to win game three and were going to win game three, but it just wasn't meant to be. The Canes were the better team, and if you're the Rangers, again, still a rebuild team, a quote-unquote generational talent is a heck of a piece to add to the puzzle. And we talked a little bit about Lafreniere's QMJHL stats yesterday. We were kind of just marveling about it. We knew the Rangers were going to have this 1-8 chance of landing Alexi Lafreniere pending the results of the second portion of the draft lottery. And I don't want to get too repetitive here, but I do get the feeling we could have some first-time listeners today, you know, just based on the fact that the Rangers just got the number one pick in the NHL draft. So I think some of these stats, they're just, they will blow your mind. They are definitely worth repeating here. So 173 career games for Lafreniere in the QMJHL, regular season games. He has, in those games, 114 goals and 183 assists. That's 297 points in 173 games. And in 2019-2020, this we didn't talk about yesterday. We didn't really single out his most recent season. But he played 52 games in the QMJHL this past year, and he scored 35 goals and had 77 assists 
112 points in 52 games. That's 2.15 points per game this past season. And, you know, you might hear that and say, well, you know, it's the QMJHL. It's not the NHL. And you're right. But honestly, who cares? I don't care what level of hockey this is. It's 2.15 points per game. I don't care if you're doing that in the NHL, the AHL, the KHL, the QMJHL, the XHL, your kindergarten league, your 70 and over league. It's 2.15 points per game. You can't even do that in a video game. So it's just insane to think about that an average game for him sees him account for more than two points. It, it just blows your mind. And he's also had a lot of success in big games. He's performed in the playoffs in the QMJHL. And just this past year in the World Junior Classics, he leads Canada to the gold with four goals and six assists in five games because, of course, that's what he did. He just puts up these kinds of numbers no matter where he goes or what league he's playing in. He also, in 2018, led the HG18 Canada team to the gold by scoring four goals and six assists in just five games games in that tournament. So, I mean, just wild, wild numbers. And look, is he going to come to the NHL and put up 2.15 points per game? No, nobody does that. Um, well, maybe Wayne Gretzky, but beyond Wayne Gretzky, nobody does that. And yes, his numbers will come back down to earth at least a little bit in the NHL. But if you're scoring 2.15 points per game in any league anywhere in this planet, then you're still going to produce at a very high level at the NHL. It won't be 2.15 points per game, but I have a really hard time believing that Lafreniere will not be at the very minimum a point-per-game type player even as soon as next year. And keep in mind, he's just 18 years old, so it is scary to think how much better he can still continue to get as far as how the Rangers might use him this year. We'll kind of save that for another episode as far as who his line mates might be. I mean, there's so much to talk about here. We're just kind of scratching the surface today, but I do think that he will be ticketed right for the Rangers next season. I don't believe he'll really need to spend any time in the AHL with the Wolfpack. If you look at how the Rangers handled Capo Caco this past season. Of course, he was the second overall pick in last year's draft, and he just went right to the Rangers, and they even had him in a top six role to start the season. Now, eventually, they kind of slid him down to the third line. That second line really kind of took off with Panarin, Strom, and Foss, but Caco, you know, he looked really great in the playoffs. It's clear they still have very, very big plans for him. He has enormous upside himself. He will be a top six forward for the Rangers for many years going forward, and so will Lafreniere, and I'm sure we'll get, you know, the classic coach speak from David Quinn going into next season, he'll be saying things like, well, you know, Alexi, he's got to earn it. We're not just going to give him a spot on the Rangers. He's got to impress in training camp. He's got to uh, go out there and compete. He's got to earn a spot on this New York Rangers roster. He'll say all those things, and that is the right thing to say. You don't want to just hand anything to anybody, and you want to force these guys to compete a little bit to, you know, play on the Rangers. But Lafreniere is going to be on the Rangers next year. I can't imagine they would send him to the minors, and even if they do, it would be for a very, very short amount of time. I'm sure he'd probably just tear it up in the AHL, and it would only be a matter of time until he comes to the NHL. But yeah, I get the feeling, you know, Quinn, he's going to make him earn it, but I just can't imagine a scenario where the Rangers don't go into opening night next season with Lafreniere in the starting lineup. He's just too talented, and again, the Rangers, they're still kind of in the midst of this rebuild. I know things are a little bit ahead of schedule. I know we all got really excited by the second and half surge that this team had and you know getting into the playoffs again but you are still in a rebuild and you know what trial by fire just throw the kid onto the ice in the NHL and just see what he can do that's what the Rangers have basically been doing with a lot of their young players anyway so I don't think it would be any different for Lafreniere and obviously you know very very excited to see 
what he can do in his rookie season in the NHL. Very excited to see who he'll be out there with. I get the feeling, you know, again, we'll save a lot of this stuff for another episode because we're going to be talking about this basically all week. But I would imagine maybe to start, he's on the third line on the left wing because, you know, he's a left winger. And ironically, that's the position at forward where the Rangers seem to be pretty deep. You know, they've got obviously Panarin, they've got Chris Kreider, now they've got Lafreniere, and we'll see at some point if one of those guys ends up moving from the left wing to the right wing. It could be Lafreniere himself, uh, maybe Chris Kreider slides over to the right wing to make room on the top six for Lafreniere, and you can have guys like Lafreniere and... Panarin on the ice together. You could have Lafreniere out there with Chris Kreider. I mean, it'll be fun to see what he can do with Mika Zibanejad. It'll be fun to see what he can do with Capo Caco. I mean, that is going to have to happen at some point where we see Caco and Lafreniere sharing the ice together because Caco obviously went number two overall last year and Lafreniere going number one overall this year. So definitely looking forward to seeing what the two of them can do together at some point in the upcoming season. And in the aftermath of the Rangers winning the number one overall pick, we got a video conference interview with Lafreniere. Uh, Biggest takeaways from this interview, he has never been to New York. His favorite player on the Rangers from this past season was Artemi Panarin. He talked about how he was just a dominant player this past season. And it's crazy because now he's about to become teammates with Panarin. So somebody that he looked up to about to become his teammate, potentially his line mate, depending on how the Rangers look to line up on opening night and beyond next season. But it's crazy because Artemi Panarin, only 28 years old, so fairly young in his own right. And yet he is 10 years older than Alexi Lafreniere. Uh, Lafreniere also mentioned that New York is one of the best spotlights in the league as far as being under the microscope is concerned. And he also was asked, you know, what are some of his greatest attributes as a player and as a teammate? He mentioned his vision on the ice, his leadership, and his offensive abilities. I think a lot of that stuff kind of goes without saying. But yeah, by all accounts, uh, a great leader as well, a great competitor. So he really is a total package. Uh, not only does he have the skills to succeed at the NHL level, but he's kind of got those intangibles as well. So there's really not that much more you could ask for from a player that's about to be drafted to your team. And he also had a different interview with the NHL Network. He called the Rangers, quote, an unreal team with really good players and a really nice city. Uh, he said he was very happy. He mentioned he's excited to be playing with guys like Artemi Panarin and Mika Zibanejad. Pretty much all the stuff that you'd want to hear from a guy that's about to become, obviously, a tremendous pillar and a building block for your franchise going forward. And Lafreniere, obviously, going to have a big say in just how fast this rebuild can speed up at this point because, like we said, it's a little bit ahead of schedule already, and you add Lafreniere to the mix, and it just kind of kicks it into high gear. And maybe, you know, as soon as—I don't want to say this year coming up as far as the Rangers being true bona fide Stanley Cup contenders, but, hey, Maybe as soon as, you know, the year after this year, maybe that's a little bit ambitious, but you've got guys that have the chance to become superstars on this team. You've already got two in Panarin and Zibanejad. Uh, Kako has that kind of upside. Adam Fox has that kind of upside. Alexi Lafreniere has that kind of upside. And that doesn't even take into account the fact that after next season, the Rangers are going to clear some serious cap space and they'll be able to be a little bit more aggressive in free agency. And that's the year that I think the Rangers will really look to add to this team. But they have a tremendous, tremendous foundation. And Lafreniere simply adds to that. We've also got to talk a little bit about the event itself last night. Phase two of the NHL draft lottery and just how tense it was waiting to see if the Rangers were going to, uh, you know, basically just get lucky and win this first overall pick. Just a one in eight chance of it happening. It felt like we were watching a landmark television event last night with this draft lottery. Time was just kind of standing still. It was really quite the process and... Let's go ahead and just get this out of the way as well, because conspiracy theorists are obviously going to have a field day with this. And I can't really talk too much trash against the conspiracy theorists, because I got to tell you, if the Penguins had once again 
wound up with the number one overall pick, I would have been the one leading the angry mob because the Penguins obviously got to draft Crosby and Malkin in back-to-back years. They got Mario Lemieux with the number one overall pick all the way back in 1984. And if it happened again where they got this number one overall pick, I mean, how does that work? How does it just so happen that the Penguins end up with the number one overall pick every time there's one of these quote-unquote generational talents that's projected to go number one? But that obviously didn't happen. The Rangers won the pick. But the fuel that these conspiracy theorists have to sort of, uh, you know, pour on the fire here is what happened before the ball was picked. And I clearly was not the only one who noticed this. You go on Twitter, you see a lot of chatter about this uh, moment. And for anyone who missed the actual lottery, so they've got a host in the NHL studio. They've got Commissioner Gary Bettman there. And there's also someone else placing all eight of these ping pong balls into the machine one at a time. And obviously there's one ping pong ball for all of the eight teams that were eliminated in the qualifying round. And the guy, one by one, placed the ping pong balls into, like, the side tube of the draft machine. I'm sorry, I'm not really up on my lottery ball lingo here, but basically there's a tube running down the side of the machine that the ping pong balls enter, and he would hold all the ping pong balls up one by one, and he asked Commissioner Bettman, can you confirm that this is the logo of the Nashville Predators? Can you confirm that this is the logo of the Minnesota Wild? Can you confirm that this is the logo of the New York Rangers? So on and so forth for all eight of these teams. And when the assistant was placing the Ranger ping pong ball into the machine, I think the Rangers were the fifth team to kind of have the ball placed into the, you know, the side tube there. It kind of, the ball kind of slipped out of the assistant's hand and went into the tube before Bettman verified that it was the Rangers. So the assistant, he reaches in, he retrieves the ball from the tube and holds it back up to Bettman, and Bettman obviously says, yes, that is the Rangers. The assistant puts the ball back into the tube, and eventually they hit the release button or whatever it is, and all eight balls enter the uh, the main chamber, the part where you know they bounce all over the place, and eventually one of them uh, you know, goes up to the top, and that's the team that has the number one overall pick. Again, I don't really know my lingo with these machines, so just bear with me there. But you guys know what I'm talking about. The main area where all the balls, you know, they kind of, they're all bouncing around. The assistant pushes a button, and one of the balls goes up to the top. And it ends up being the Rangers. But the conspiracy theorists are, you know, they're looking at the instance in which the assistant dropped the Ranger ball and picked it back up. And, you know, they're thinking like, oh, well, that ball was weighed differently. It felt different in his hand. That's why he dropped it. You know, it, it weighed more than the other balls. And that's why the Rangers ended up winning this draft. Or, you know, when he dropped the ball, it somehow altered the complexion of the ball itself and made it more likely for the ball to be the one picked. Like, as if somehow the assistant dropping this ball just bent the laws of gravity and caused that ball to be more likely to be the one that was pulled up to the top of the machine. Like, get f***ing real. I can't even believe I'm sitting here explaining this. Does anyone notice how ridiculous this sounds? Like, yes, the assistant dropped the ball and somehow that altered the laws of physics and it caused the Ranger ball to be pulled to the top and for the Rangers to get the number one overall pick. I'm sure that's exactly what happened. And it's funny because the whole thing wasn't really that long of a process, but I got to tell you, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. I'm sure the scene was very similar in your own living rooms, but when you're sitting on your couch and you're just waiting for these eight ping pong balls to be placed into the machine one by one, and you're keeping your fingers crossed for this one in eight chance to break your way, all while your dog is staring at you in utter confusion and trying to figure out what the hell is wrong with you, those couple of minutes felt like they lasted for about seven hours. But when it finally happened, it was crazy because you see... Okay, obviously all the ping pong balls are bouncing around in there. They hit the button, they pull one of them to the top, and the camera zooms in on the top of the machine. And the you can see the ball, but the Ranger logo is not really centered. 
but you can kind of see the logo, the Ranger logo, at the bottom right portion of the ball, and I couldn't tell for 100% certainty that it was the Rangers. I thought it was. I definitely thought that it was, but I basically, I'm sitting there, and I just whispered, oh my god, because I'm pretty sure it's the Ranger logo, but I don't let myself celebrate yet because I'm not 100% sure, and I don't want to be let down. I don't want to be thinking for just, you know, a brief couple of seconds that the Rangers have the number one overall pick, and then I realize that no, they don't. That would just be a total gut punch because am I really seeing the Ranger logo, or is my brain just showing me what I want to see? Is that not really the Ranger logo? And in those few seconds, I mean, again, this only lasted a couple of seconds, but it just feels like an eternity, and, you know, we're waiting to get the 100% confirmation Yes, that is indeed the Ranger logo. They are indeed picking first. But I'm sitting there on the couch, and I start thinking about the other teams that are in this lottery and the logos that are in that machine. And, you know, I know, I, I think I saw the Ranger logo there. I know I saw some blue. I'm pretty sure it's the Rangers, but could it be the Jets? They've got some red and some blue in their logo. Was it the Maple Leafs? Their whole logo is blue, basically. Uh, there's some blue and white for the Oilers. And so I'm not. I'm just not going to let myself start celebrating until I know it for a fact. And then it's just so drawn out here. I mean, I don't know if they did this on purpose. I don't know if it just this is just kind of the way that it unfolded. But basically, you know, the assistant, he holds up the ball so that Gary Bettman can see it. And then again, we get kind of like a long-range camera shot. And again, it looks like the Rangers, but we're looking at it from far away. So I still don't know for sure. We still don't know for sure that it is indeed the Rangers. And then finally, we get that zoomed-in shot, that beautiful, beautiful zoomed-in shot of the ping-pong ball. The Ranger logo is right there, red, white, and blue. And Alexei Lafreniere is coming to the New York Rangers. Something I thought we could do to wrap up today's episode, let's just have a little bit of fun here. Let's look around the league a little bit, and let's try to figure out if there is anyone in the NHL that we would accept in a trade in exchange for the number one overall pick. Is there any player in this league that we would be willing to give up this number one overall pick in exchange for to have that player come play for the Blue Shirts? There are not many, but there are at least a few uh, truly elite superstar players, bona fide Hall of Famers in the making even, that maybe you could at least consider giving away the number one overall pick. And let me just preface this whole thing by saying the Rangers are not going to do this, and none of these teams that I'm about to mention here are going to do it either. The Edmonton Oilers are not going to offer Connor McDavid in exchange for the number one overall pick. The Colorado Avalanche are not going to offer Nathan McKinnon in exchange for the number one overall pick. But it is a little bit fun to at least think about and at least consider play GM for a couple of minutes here and we can all just kind of try to figure out if there's anyone that we would accept in a trade in exchange for this number one overall pick. And for starters, we can kick things off here by actually ruling out a couple of players. These are players who obviously are phenomenal talents. They have accomplished quite a lot in the NHL, but I'm actually going to list a couple of players, a couple of superstar players that I would not be willing to accept in a trade in exchange for this number one overall pick. And we can start with Alex Ovechkin. And with Ovechkin, listen, we already know how great he is. I think it goes without saying his track record certainly speaks for itself. There's even some talk on him potentially chasing down Wayne Gretzky. Alex Ovechkin sitting on 706 career goals, Wayne Gretzky with 894. So it's at least possible, possible that Ovechkin could catch him before it's all said and done. But Ovechkin is 34 years old now. He's actually set to become an unrestricted free agent after next season. So that could get very, very interesting. But I... I'm not going to get rid of Alexi Lafreniere in exchange for Alex Ovechkin because the Rangers, the only way I would do that is if the Rangers were in total 
must win the Stanley Cup next season mode. And they're not there yet. Again, they're still laying this foundation. They're still rebuilding this team. Alexi Lafreniere, a huge piece of that. So I'm not willing to kind of, you know, sell away the future in exchange for a couple more great seasons out of Alex Ovechkin. Phenomenal player though he may be, I am not willing to give away this number one overall pick in exchange for Ovechkin. It is tempting, I will admit that, but no, I'm not giving away the number one overall pick for Alex Ovechkin. We can move on to, I mean, you, you say Alex Ovechkin, you kind of think Sidney Crosby as well. They're always kind of hand in hand. And Ranger fans don't like Sidney Crosby to begin with. But even putting all of that aside, Crosby did just turn 33 years old and he only skated in 41 games this season with the Penguins. I mean, I realize that some regular season games were lost at the end of the year, but 41 games, that is tied for the third fewest of his career in the NHL. And again, just an absolutely phenomenal player, even if he can put aside, you know, the fact that Ranger fans don't really like him and the fact that he's been on the Penguins for all these years. I still, I'm not going to give up uh, Alexi Lafreniere for Sidney Crosby because, again, you know, he's still a fantastic hockey player. Do not get me wrong. He has had more than a point per game, I believe, in every season that he's ever played in the NHL. 1,263 points in 984 career games. But I'm not going to accept Sidney Crosby in a trade for the number one overall pick for the same reasons that I would not do that with Alex Ovechkin because they are starting to get a little bit older and the Rangers are not in do or die Stanley Cup mode next season. They are continuing to rebuild. So I can't except Sidney Crosby in a trade for the number one overall pick. Plus, you know that Alexi Lafreniere would go on to be a star for the Pittsburgh Penguins for God only knows how many years. We already know what that's like with Crosby himself, and I don't feel like playing against Lafreniere as a division rival for God only knows how much time, probably at least 15 years. So I would pass on Crosby for the number one overall pick as well. And while we're at it, I'm just going to straight up eliminate two positions. There is not a single defenseman in this league that I would accept in a trade for the number one overall pick. I know there's some great players out there. You got Kale McCarr, you got Quinn Hughes, sorry, but no thanks. I'm not in any way going to even consider considering one of those players in exchange for the number one overall pick. And as for goalie, I mean, the Rangers, they look to be all set. Igor Shesterkin looks like he's going to be the man going forward. So I have absolutely zero interest in acquiring any goalie in this league in exchange for that number one overall pick. I would also have to pass on Patrick Kane, kind of the same reason as Ovechkin and Crosby. You know, he is 31 years old now and seems to be slowing down a little bit, at least as far as his point totals are concerned over the last couple of seasons here. So definitely going to pass on Patrick Kane. Nikita Kucherov, I mean, I would at least have something to think about there. He's emerged as one of the absolute best players in this league. He's only 27, but you look at his contract and he carries a $9.5 million cap hit for the next seven seasons before he becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2027-2028 going into his age 34 season. So I'm even going to pass on Nikita Kucherov, and some people might think I'm crazy. Oh, well, you know, Lafreniere, yeah, he's a big prospect, but he hasn't done anything in this league. I'm still not willing to part way with a guy who is just 18 years old, could clearly become a cornerstone of your franchise. This is how, you know, great teams are born. This is how, I don't want to get too carried away here, but this is how dynasties start. I mean, you look at teams like the Penguins, they get Crosby and Malkin, and they end up winning the Stanley Cup three times together, and they're always a threat. You know, I know they got bumped by the Canadians this year, but there's not a single season that goes by where the playoffs start, and I think like, oh, well, you know, we don't really have to worry about the Penguins this year. No, I don't care what the seeding is or what the format might be. If the Penguins are in the playoffs, which, by the way, they always are, uh, they're always a threat to go on a run and capture the Stanley Cup, and they've proven that time and time again. 
David Pasternak would be tempting. I mean, you look at what he's done over the last couple of seasons. He's still just 24 years old. He just keeps getting better and better and better. And if you look at his contract over the next three seasons, he is obviously signed through 2022-2023 with the Boston Bruins. He carries a cap hit of just $6.66 million per season. That's not so bad when you consider that you're dealing with one of the you know, certainly top 10 best players in the league, maybe top five, and just an absolutely phenomenal season this past year in 70 games. He had 48 goals, 47 assists for a total of 95 points. But, you know, maybe it's the Boston bias creeping in a little bit here, but I'm not even going to give up this number one overall pick for David Pasternak. And maybe some people out there think I'm crazy, but man, let's just have our own homegrown superstar in Alexi Lafreniere, and let's just let him be a Ranger for life. And obviously cost quite a bit less against the cap than a lot of these other players are going to cost. And then here's where it gets really difficult. You go to a player like Connor McDavid, and part of the reason that I'd be interested in him is he's a center, and that's the position where the Rangers just happen to be weakest. I mean, obviously, Mika Zibanejad is a superstar. Ryan Strom had a really nice season for the Rangers as well, although, you know, he did get the Panarin bump. His stats probably at least a little bit inflated by way of playing with Artemi Panarin. And it's fair to wonder, you know, is he going to do it again next season? Because he's basically been a journeyman and then this past year had the best season of his NHL career. But the Rangers are thin at center and Connor McDavid would obviously solve that issue. But the thing with McDavid, he's still just 23 years old, but he carries an annual cap hit of $12.5 million and he will not become an unrestricted free agent until 2026, 2027, when he will be 29 years old. So Connor McDavid is very, very tempting. I would definitely have something to think about there. McDavid also coming off of a 97-point season. He has 469 points in 351 career games, so that definitely just kind of speaks for itself. McDavid's teammate, Leon Draisaitl, he can play left wing, he can play center, so you've got some versatility there, and what he just did this season was absolutely fantastic as well. He is one of the finalists for the Ted Lindsay Award as well as the Hart Trophy, a 110-point campaign, 43 goals and 67 assists in 71 games. Leon Draisaitl still just... 24 years old, and he is under contract with the Oilers until 2025-2026 when he will become an unrestricted free agent. At the age of 29, he carries an annual cap hit of $8.5 million. So both those Oilers, you know, it's something you would have to at least consider, giving up the first overall pick for one of them, because as much as we like Lafreniere... Uh, and as much as the analysts like him, and as much as it seems like it's certainly going to be a slam dunk that this guy is going to be a great, great player in the NHL, uh, the one thing that he has working against him is he has yet to play in the NHL. We've seen what Connor McDavid can do. We've seen what Leon Draisaitl can do. And even a couple of the guys that I said I would not trade the number one overall pick in exchange for, I mean, their track record is there. Alex Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, they're living legends. They've been doing it for years. And, you know, you have to at least consider that. But I just think that, you know, Lafreniere, from everything that we've heard, it sounds like he's as close to a sure thing as there is when it comes to the NHL draft. And one other guy I'll definitely toss out there is Nathan McKinnon of the Colorado Avalanche. McKinnon, still just 24 years old. He carries an annual cap hit of $6.3 million. He is under contract up until 2023-2024. He will become an unrestricted free agent at that time. But when you look at the fact that his cap hit is just $6.3 million and you look at his stats, what he's done over these last few years, just emerging as one of the absolute superstars in this league, you would certainly have to consider dealing the number one overall pick in exchange for him. This past season, he puts up 35 goals and 58 assists for a total of 93 points in 69 games. He is a Ted Lindsay Award finalist. He is a Hart Trophy Award finalist, along with Artemi Panarin and Leon Draisaitl. So you would certainly have to at least consider him. I also like the fact that, again, he plays center. 
That is the position where the Rangers seem to kind of lack depth. And again, $6.3 million cap hit per year. That is more than reasonable for one of the elite players in this game. So McKinnon, you know, you'd have to think long and hard there. I think the guys that I would probably have to pull the trigger, uh, maybe either the guys on the Oilers, you know, McDavid or Dreisaitl, and maybe Nathan McKinnon, I would give up in exchange for the number one overall pick. But listen, that's not going to happen. We're just having some fun here, kind of doing some fantasy booking, if you will, some fantasy trading, some video game trading, call it whatever you want to call it. But the Rangers are in a position of power right now. You know, they've got the number one overall pick. They've got a generational talent that they are all but certain to use that pick on. And it's just fun to sit here, kick around some ideas, play fantasy general manager, try to look around this league and figure out if there's any player that would be worth giving up that number one overall pick in exchange for. So this was some fun. But as far as Alexi Lafreniere is concerned, I feel like we're just kind of scratching the surface here today. There's a lot more to talk about, including, uh, you know, which line is he going to play on next season? Who will his line mates be? Is there a little bit of a log jam at left wing for the Rangers? Is the fact that Lafreniere is on the Rangers, does that make free agents more likely to sign with the Rangers. I mean, who wouldn't want to come to this team right now? It's clearly a franchise that is heading in the right direction. There's just an embarrassment of riches now that you're going to be getting Lafreniere as far as young talent is concerned. You've got established superstars in Zibanejad and Panarin. You've got guys who are clearly about to become stars, or certainly it looks that way with guys like Adam Fox, probably Capo Caco as well, and now Alexi Lafreniere. I mean, it's a young team. It's a fun team. It's an exciting team. They are moving in the right direction. It certainly seems to be a tight-knit locker room as well. There's nothing not to like about coming to New York to play for the Rangers right now. So I do think that the fact that Lafreniere is all but certain to be drafted by the Rangers, that might make it more likely that free agents uh, this year and in years to come are just that much more likely to want to sign with the Rangers. This becomes a desirable landing spot. So, man, I mean, this just... It's not just Lafreniere. You know, he there's a ripple effect here where he kind of makes New York a place that free agents are going to want to sign in the future. So that's obviously going to bode well for the Rangers. We will also take a look in future episodes. How does this affect current Rangers? Because obviously we've got some impending free agents, both restricted and unrestricted. And we're going to have to take a look at that in greater detail as we've been talking about. But does this mean that certain players will be more likely to be brought back? Does it mean that certain players will be less likely to be brought back? Does it affect the Rangers' strategy in free agency as far as you know, looking at what's available out there and who they might want to bring in for next season? These are all questions that need to be answered. Like I said, you know, we're just kind of scratching the surface here uh, with the Rangers getting this number one overall pick and ultimately selecting Alexi Lafreniere. Again, it's not 100%, but I think we can call it 99.9% that the Rangers do pick Lafreniere with that number one overall pick. And oh, by the way, the Stanley Cup playoffs are continuing today, yada, 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 blah, 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 who cares? No, in all seriousness, uh, the playoffs are awesome. I'm still going to continue watching. I know that some Ranger fans, maybe you lose a little bit of interest after the Rangers get eliminated, but the Stanley Cup playoffs are still the Stanley Cup playoffs. It is the best postseason tournament in sports. No one will ever change my mind on that. And beginning at 3 p.m. today, we've got four games on the docket. We've got Jackets and Lightning at 3 p.m., Flames and Stars at 5.30 Canes and Bruins at 8 o'clock, and Blackhawks and Knights at 10.30. So, obviously, going to be a lot of fun to watch the playoffs unfold. We are into the round of 16, or the first round, whatever you want to call it. I've been calling it the round of 16 just to avoid confusion, because in my mind, the qualifying round was the first round. But we're back to where the NHL usually begins the playoffs here, with 16 teams gunning for the Stanley Cup trophy. So, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch that as well. And like I said, you know, I think I'm cheering for the Coyotes the rest of the way. It would be too easy to kind of jump on the bandwagon of one of the truly elite NHL teams. The Coyotes, they play a pretty exciting style, 
But, you know, more than anything, the reason I'm rooting for them, they got three former Rangers on their team and three Rangers that I really liked a lot when they were there. Auntie Ranta, Derek Stepan, Michael Grabner. So, again, you know, reach out. Let me know how much you want me to talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs. I mean, obviously, we're going to continue to be talking about Lafreniere in the upcoming episodes, but we'll talk about the playoffs as well. Certainly, if there's a former Ranger who has a big night, we'll mention that as well. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. We're actually going to have Pacifier play us out here today, as you can hear right now, because we cut them off in the intro to the show, but I just couldn't help myself, man. We had to talk about Alexi Lafreniere coming to the Rangers, and we didn't have an extra 20 or 30 seconds to spare. So, once again, big thanks to Pacifier for always allowing us to use their tunes at the beginning, or in today's case, the end of a Locked On New York Ranger podcast episode. And again, thanks to you guys for tuning in. If you would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Now go ahead and tell your smart device to play the latest edition of Locked On NHL. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.